Episode. I'm your host Jason. I'm here with Dimitri, Alexi, as usual. What do we have, guys? Today is the 20th, March 20th, and going on in markets. Big Fed Day tomorrow. We'll talk about what BTC did. Uh, was it yesterday? Monday. Um, so a lot of people getting excited that maybe that that was the low. It's amazing how one day everybody's changes their mind you know i mean we look at all the posts on sunday some of these other people that we kind of compete with you know it's okay to be competitive and in, in, in a game right this trading game that we play here and this is amazing all the people that were saying that there's a death cross and ethereum's a short now right into the lows on sunday so that was followed by this this news uh that you wanted to talk about D and let's talk about that. And then we can talk about the price. Hey, well, at least someone had to fill our orders, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, burn to the weekends <laughs> in the audience. I'm not going to lie for half a second. I was like, well, it's time to cash out buy a bunker. Cause <laughs> it's coming. The end is nigh. But yeah. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> I, I resisted the urge. Um, so th- one of the things I want to talk about, it was this economic report from Congress, um, that came out it was a joint economic report. Um, I think it was co-authored, uh, with the help of coin center and, um, sorry, this chapter, chapter nine of this economic report was co-authored by coin center and um, basically kind of outline a history of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology. There's definitely, Congress is definitely putting a bold line there now. They're saying, hey, there's cryptocurrencies and there's blockchain technology, uh, something we've known for a while, um, but now they're trying to put a, a bold line between the two. Um, what I would like to kind of like say is that I don't think this report was overly positive which is what the internet is reacting as if, as if this is like Congress saying, everybody gets a token. Go, this is the best thing since sliced cheese. Like, you get it. You you want Jaw Rule wants a token. Jaw Coin. All right, everybody gets a token. I don't think that's what Congress is saying. They just outlined some possible benefits, and they have also outlined all of the negatives, uh, including Silk Road including some rando report that said 25% of Bitcoin transactions are used for illicit activities, um, which just in case you don't think that's a lot, that is a lot. 
Uh, 25% is a lot. So, um, which that report uh, was also done by Coin Center. So, um, I'd like to hi highlight the conclusion. So, and I'm just going to read verbatim from the report. So, the first point uh, the technology presents evolving challenges and generates new solutions. Blockchain technology essentially stores and transmits data securely in large volume and at high speeds. So far, the technology has proved largely resistant to hacking, and given this feature, developers first applied it to digital currencies. Yet blockchain has many more potential applications, such as portable medical records and securing the critical financial and energy infrastructure that the report identified. So, I don't know, does any of that seem like news to you guys? Not really. I think it's, <laughs> you know, I guess it's, I guess it's a great job for what we expect out of the, our central government, right? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think people were expecting bad news. I think everyone's always expecting bad news when it comes to regulation. So the fact there was no bad news is good news, right? I think that's how people see it. Yeah. What's on the market see it at least with that reversal. Alec, yeah. you take me as like a, the glass isn't half full or half empty. It's a hundred percent full. Half of it's liquid, half of it's air. You gotta be super positive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, if it's not bad, it's good. I mean, I'm just trying to figure out why the markets reacted so, I mean, so much for such little news. And I think the fact that there was little news is what's important. I think the market's hitting us with old General Akbar from Star Wars. It's a trap. Feels like a trap. I don't know. Well, what was your other analogy with the parents? Your, oh, <laughs> before the show, when I was talking? Yeah. I was like, the overall sentiment that I'm getting from this report is that Congress is, or sorry, not Congress, I guess our central government is going to, uh, like parents do, give the kids enough rope to hang themselves and then tell them they shouldn't have been messing around with that much rope. That's what it, <laughs> that's what it feels like. like uh, hey, go ahead and play. That's kind of my, that's always my instinct. They're like, oh. yeah, there's the beach. You can go play on the beach. But <laughs> when I come back, what can I yep. back with? I mean, the fact that the market, I don't know, the market wants to take any any regulation headlines that that's a negative. But we actually need the regulation to get these institutions in the market. So, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe like Alec is saying, it doesn't make sense that if the market was a little bit nervous about the G20 and if they were really going to crack down <clears throat> and they're actually a little bit more friendly on the margin, then that's a good thing. Um, I don't. I don't think we need to be so negative about the regulation, though. We got to. We just need to do it in a smart way. That's the only way you're going to get these the big institutional money to be able to come into the spaces. You got to set the guidelines. So, yep, I agree. So, yeah, I'd also like to read the recommendations. So there were some recommendations made. There's four of them. First one. Policymakers and the public should become more familiar with digital currencies and other uses of blockchain technology, which have a wide range of applications in the future. That's number one. I really like that and the public part. 
Regulators should continue to coordinate among each other to guarantee coherent policy frameworks, definitions, and jurisdiction. Policymakers, regulators, and entrepreneurs should continue to work together to ensure developers can deploy these new technologies quickly and in the manner that protects Americans from fraud. That's all of America, from Canada all the way down to the to the bottom of South America. And abuse, <laughs> I'm kidding, it's just the states. Come on, guys. And abuse <laughs> while ensuring compliance with relevant regulations. And four, government agencies at all levels should consider and examine new uses for this technology that could make the government more efficient in performing its functions. A whole lot of Here's a bunch of rope. Yeah. Be careful. Don't hang yourself. I hear what you say, but I'm more interested in what you actually do. They've just been doing a lot of talking. Yeah. And they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Wyoming says this. You know, the bankers in New York say this. It's like, all right, let's actually pay attention to what they're doing. Uh Oh. Well, we'll see. That was a pretty interesting piece of news. I always like to kind of see when a market gets to a big level, what the headlines are around the cycle and that particular spot on the chart. And that was definitely the big news right into a big area. I mean, Ethereum got down to our pie line. Again, right where some of these so-called self-proclaimed technicians like to look at a lot of lagging indicators and I, we got it through our chat stream on Sunday. Oh, so-and-so says you're supposed to short down here. I was like, well, in our model, we just bought. So if you like to take a short after a market's down 20% right into our pie cycle, I mean, that's just not our model. And we put out a buy signal and it was the absolute low. I mean, we talked about the 460 area in Ethereum. We put out our analysis on Friday. So that was highlighted as a major spot. It's not rocket science. I mean, that was the low from December 22nd when we had a massive move down on Ethereum. Ethereum made that run up, if you guys remember, right, just shy of 1,000. Yeah. really kind of struggled at 870. And then three days later, it did a 50% retrace all the way back to like 4, 460, 450 that day, all in one day, and then closed back up at 670. <clears throat> so anyway, we tested that low that intraday low from december on sunday and so I, there's just no way in hell you want to be shorting into that low down there so i think that was a big low for ethereum we'll see if it holds there's a, some other stuff we need to see how we close the week out but to have that news that kind of a big g20 type headline right into a big spot like that that's a that's a that's a real candidate for maybe a longer term higher low for sure. Yep. I so like you said, Alec, I think since it's not bad news, it's good. Yeah. And the yeah. president will see that report. And we all know that guy's got his head on straight. He's gonna make the right decisions about stuff. So yeah. and I'm it's kidding. it's important to think about in terms of on the margin, like so it's not is it good news or bad news? Is 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 the news getting better? Or is it less worse? So if it's, it's the market's really expecting, you know, G20 or whoever just to totally clamp down on us. When that doesn't happen, that's obviously less worse. Which is which? Yeah. So 
Yeah, and what they say, the cryptocurrencies make up less than 1% of global uh, GDP. Oh, that so, was... so they're not even worrying about it. Yeah, that was an amazing stat. That yeah. just shows you right there. Regardless of the regulation, blah, 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 if you put that aside just to realize the opportunity and how still of a baby this market is, we're not even... This this technology could totally could take a a third of the world's monetary system if you think of it from a market uh, market share perspective twenty five percent a third fifty percent whatever even if it's just ten percent um we're not even one percent of the world GDPs however they calculating that that figure I mean talk mm-hmm. about an opportunity we're still that just puts it in perspective. Yeah, there's a lot of room. I mean, it seems a like lot. there was nothing finalized. There's no news that that finalized any sort of regulation. It's just good to see the conversations uh, are at least positive uh, for the space. Yeah, I agree. It's and good, you know, good start to the week. Yeah, yeah. What? Um, so there was uh, some other news that I thought was interesting. Just this Norway data center you're going to bring up? It is. They just another headline came across about Bitfury investing in them. Anyway, you, you the ticker. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we have a ticker. I just wanted to say that. But uh. <laughs> yeah. so, anyways, this is a big deal. The reason I think this is a big deal is because it makes sense to me, right? If you if you play the long tail on this whole thing, and miners are subsidized, the Bitcoin miners are subsidized by just transaction fees at the end of the day. So after all the big, after all the Coinbase transactions have come come through in the year 2140, all these miners that are securing this very 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 valuable network are only going to be subsidized by transaction fees. Well, those fees are going to have to be astronomically large. And if we the people are paying them those fees to secure our transactions on a global scale, then those people, those miners, those entities are going to have to have some protections slash subsidies from the government. We're going to make that so because the government is an emergent property of a bunch of people creating group behaviors. We're going to say like, oh, those people are really important. They have a lot of responsibility. We're going to start paying for them to operate or at least get started. Yeah. So that's well, my theory. And then you start to blend in the utilities. I mean, look what Canada is doing with the energy stuff. The mining is sucking so much energy off the grid that it's it's naive to think that government's not going to step in when we've, we have a utility. You know, that's why they're called utilities is they're quasi-government entities i mean yeah you want to you want this decentralized movement but you're going to plug into the centralized government power grid you kind of have to play together Definitely. you know you're going to get into subsidies on the energy side i'm sure um so what do you guys think then is that another is that more of a reason to um i think it supports your tms tables does that build a does that build the case then for more of the proof of uh stake 
type of model? I think it depends on what sort of information. You know, I mean, it's going to be a private blockchain probably that the government would subsidize. I couldn't see them subsidizing a Bitcoin miner. That's what they just did. Really? In Norway. Yeah. Oh, in Norway. Is it Bitfury? Bitfury. Bitfury, yeah. Yeah. I interviewed them last night, by the way. Ooh. Building the audience of suspense for the other shows. But, uh, nice. Ooh. Uh, Oleg and Alec from Bitfury. Uh, it was a great interview. Um, but I think, Alec, they, the Norway paid for this. this 35 million, 35 million greenbacks for them to build a data center, but they have to prove that they're going green. So using renewable energy, at least to help out. So, yeah. Interesting. I'll have to read a little bit more. This is the second case of this we've seen because they're doing in Wyoming, the state of Wyoming, they were just like, yeah, man, here's, I think it was, it's either 2.5 or 5 million Go ahead and start your mining operation, citizen. And they just gave him a pile of cash. To who? Guess what? Like, uh, that's a good question. That was last year. It was like the middle of last wow. year. Um, but given what the market did at the end of the year, if they were able to spin that up in a timely fashion, they probably already got their ROI. The state of Wyoming did. So yeah, yeah. Um, it makes sense to see a mix of that. Bitfury's got a great logo. Same. Yeah, they've been around for a long time. They should take that logo and replace the Florida Panthers logo. I'm just a, I'm not a big fan of the Panthers <laughs> third jersey. But that cat on Bitfury. It's fierce, man. Furious. Listen to what they do. They do a lot. They, so this is just like bullet points of what they do. Security, transaction processing, property rights registry, blockchain analytics, lightning network, uh, platform as a service, platform develop for developers. They, they, they do, they do quite a bit in the old world of Bitcoin awesome. slash crypto. And they are in San Francisco. D.C., Iceland, London, Amsterdam, Georgia, Hong Kong, and Tokyo. They're global, man. Crushing it. I like so, it. as far as news, that's all I got. Yeah, I think I was going to just hit on uh, been keeping an eye on these CBOE futures contracts. So, obviously, as the time goes on here and more and more people are trading, but the volumes are getting pretty good. Um, last week, they kind of come out with their just a weekly review of their numbers. And so this was, I think, over the weekend uh, I was reading this. But the average da daily volume through Thursday of last week was about 12,322 contracts. Mm. Um, uh, and then they were talking about relative to March 16th, which I think we had a holiday in there. But the April, so we recently had the futures roll. So for the maybe the audience that's not really familiar, futures contract um, is traded to where it expires out a certain period in time. So it's usually typically monthly. And so 
you have at certain points they call it the roll where you have the the front month um, futures contract will expire and then then you typically have um, you already have the m more recent contracts trading at the same time but one becomes active when the the front month expires and then the next contract um, actively takes over from a volume perspective the one that's kind of out the door is a simple way to think of it so they call that the roll because you unless you want to take delivery which means if you buy a bitcoin futures contract you're agreeing to you want to own btc at some point in the future at a particular price if you let that contract expire then you would take delivery in this case in this case you actually would receive bitcoin if you don't want to do that and you just want to trade the futures then you have to close out your front month contract and then you would roll into the next month so in this case the marches were closing out and then the aprils were is people were rolling into that so the april futures traded at fourteen thousand contracts on thursday and that's the most active single day for any uh, XPT contract. Mm -hmm. So that's good news. There's, I mean, the market's really developing really quickly. I think it took several years for the VIX when the VIX first came out and started trading. Um, and so Bitcoin, this, the the appetite and the, just the how quickly this market's developing is really good to see. So. What uh, what do you, what kind of effect do you think it has in the current market, current Bitcoin market and uh, price? Well, it's they were saying it showed a lot of volume for each of those mm -hmm. expiration days, which you expect to see. Um, I thought it was I didn't know this, but I was I think we talked about it in the last show. I was wondering, well, how are they really gonna to to um, how is this going to function where they actually send you BTC or who's handling that? And, and it, they partnered with Gemini, which makes sense because Gemini did a good job, you know, the Winklevoss twins over there setting it up where they went through all the hoops and invested all the capital to get themselves set up um, as a investment trust through New York, which is good because it gives, there's banking, um, um, there's requirements on the capital they have to have. So that's the thing, like with these exchanges, you don't really know what's behind the, what the real assets are, if they really have the capital that they say they do. So there's a lot of custodial risk. Well, they've, they went that, the, the old Wall Street route of making sure that, you know, they're, they've been regulated, they've got the deposits, they have custodial services that are regulated. I can't remember exactly if there's insurance with those deposits. But that makes sense to partner with the CBOE then to go ahead and actually settle this stuff. Um, but it looks like it's going well. So uh, to Alec, I mean, it doesn't directionally, it doesn't really move, mm -hmm. doesn't have that much to do with the market. But the liquidity around it is what's nice to see is that the markets are getting deeper. The more you can, we can see this data, like the different players that are involved in the future side, we can see whether the market's short, if the market's long. I think I talked about that on the yeah. last show. But so the, market, the market looked like it was, there's different parts of the, the CBOE report you can look at. They classify some traders as hedge, 
like long hedge uh, commercial traders. So that gets that gets into the kind of the commodities world where like if you're if you're a jet airline company, you're considered a commercial account because you're hedging your oil inventory or your you know your costs there with your running your business. So those are kind of the commercial accounts. I'm not really sure what would be considered a commercial account. Yeah. And the Bitcoin market, maybe it's some of these exchanges are trading the futures, they have risk. Um, maybe some of these ETF or some of these um, different holding companies are kind of popping up, like uh, the GBTC we talked about. But the speculative positions would be hedge funds or independent traders. Um, but you can look at those numbers, and when they get net short, which they flipped a net short, I think a couple weeks ago, that to me was an interesting sign that the best time to be short was when the future started and the, the market was long. And now here we are 50% lower, 80% lower, and the market's net short, which from a timing perspective, that to me means we're closer to the low. You know, everyone's going to be short now into the bottom. And that's the fuel you need to swing that pendulum the other way. First, usually the rally starts because the shorts have to get squeezed. They cover. That creates the initial move up, right? And then the longs kind of chase and pile in from there. So we'll see. <clears throat> I just thought that was that was good news. I've been trying to keep an eye on that. Yeah. In the futures. I know so, I haven't really messed around. Oh, you got something to say, Dimitri? No, you go for it. I was just going to uh, ask JJ a yeah. question to clear up something for the audience. But go for it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really messed around with futures a lot, but I know you've been trading futures now, right, Jason? Yeah, I've traded futures for. So, has it changed any way you're now able to take advantage of the market? I mean, what what do you do differently now that you can trade futures? How do you well, look at things? Well, I mean, it's nice to hedge if you are long term bullish on the market, the cryptocurrencies, and block, you know, digital ledger technologies and all the different coins. If you got your positions in NEO and Monero and Litecoin and Ethereum and Cardano, you know, to hedge that market, it's nice to be able to trade the futures on the short side now. Um, you could pick up some extra alpha. You can make some cash, you know, over these last couple months so that the way I was kind of trying to explain it to our guys today is like if you have anytime you have a big cash position, you're going to want the market lower because then you can take advantage of obviously lower prices. If you have, if you're fully invested on the highs, say for example, 17,000, 18,000, and you plow in on all your cash on the highs, these last two months haven't really been very much fun. You know, every lower low is painful. You Most of the time you're not going to be able to sit with that huge drawdown and people, that's how they end up selling into the lows. So there's kind of a balance and an art to to raising and lowering your cash positions within your portfolio but the key is to kind of what we teach is to trade around the position but it, you got to kind of have these when the market the intermediate term rolls over and we're in these periods where certain things happen with the cycle and the trend that break and you get these longer term pullbacks those are buying opportunities but you got to kind of have the cash available and um to take advantage of those lower prices. And so one of the ways to kind of help create a little bit extra cash is that if you can employ a hedging strategy 
be a sh short futures market, I can be I can still be long term bullish, but playing it on the short side with the futures, and then as you roll those profits from the hedge, you, you know you you raise cash, then you roll those dollars into the names you like on the lows. So, you know, at Cardano at twelve cents, if you made some money on the short side on BTC market the last couple of weeks, that's a great place to put some longer term capital to work. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, you don't hear a lot of people talking about how that changes the way they look at markets. Not a lot of people are probably trading futures yet. No, definitely not. Just the more of the professional institutionals, I guess, quote, sophisticated investors. But that's something that hopefully, you know, we can try to help people learn the futures, understand the risks, and then it's, or even for the miners, I mean, you know, I'd encourage anybody that's listening that's interested in mining or you, you guys do have significant mining operations. I mean, we talk to miners that when you get, when you get these bear markets, you know, we're not in a long-term bear market, but this intermediate term weakness, intermediate term downtrends, I mean, do you want, you want to hedge your inventory? You want to hedge whatever it is you're mining? The futures is a great way to do that. So we're trying to build out the independent guys and gals learning to use futures, you know, to benefit, make some money, some, earn some income, but hedge the longer term stuff. And then obviously on the miner side, I mean, that's a big, big thing is, you know, you're busy mining, but why not have some hedging strategies in place on the future side and the futures is that's what's been great about it. i can't wait to get we should you know ethereum futures going we could get some options going on the futures market it would be great it's getting robust like you said it's all starting to pick up volume wise mm -hmm. and i think once you get volume you can start making other decisions when it comes to what can be offered am i right about that assumption yeah, for sure. And the SEC, like we want to get the ETFs brought online. That's a big thing is they want to see how it goes in the futures market. It's probably, I'm sure the SEC said, you guys haven't even settled one futures contract yet. Like we need to see how you execute on that. So, you know, Gemini it does, deserves a lot of um, credit for doing that. So does the CBOE. So we want that stuff to go smoothly. And then the SEC says, all right, well, you know, we get that, you know, it took them a while to come out with the GLD ETF and gold's been traded for thousands of years, but it's still, they wanted to, you know, they go, they go slow. They don't, they don't go fast. That's what I'm so tired of is like in this world going slow isn't acceptable anymore. <laughs> like it's, it's appreciated for its novelty. But things move quickly and and people are quickly being agile in how quickly things change. So that's yeah. why uh, it's frustrating. Is like I think I've talked about the Winklevi ETF ideas for four years now. I know. It's like, come on, man. What do they need to change? A semicolon? Like what? I don't understand what's taking so long. It's not like anything's changing. So... Um, We'll see. We'll see. Oh, I know what I wanted. If you could clear up for any of the audience members that are a little green behind the ears, uh, what does it mean for a short to get squeezed? <laughs> oh, 
I'll squeeze is just when you're short. <clears throat> so obviously the mechanics of a short position isn't you just betting on it's going down. You're actually you're borrowing money. So you're reaching your hand into somebody else's account and you're borrowing their shares or their security or their contracts and you're selling them first and then you're I you know then you're you're betting or you're wanting the market to go down so that you can buy back those shares and then return them to the reach your hand back through the the screen and put those shares back into the other person's account and then you keep you keep the money that you made but when the shorts are selling into the lows and then the market rallies that's called a squeeze it's a short squeeze i guess i don't really know the the history of where the word why we why we deemed it that but basically you lose your money if you're going short and the market rallies up yeah that's a bad thing your shorts are getting squeezed this means the shorts are getting their face ripped off nice yeah so don't get your face ripped off yeah. by shortening shorting into the lows yeah that's painful right. yeah it's not as comfortable as it seemed on the movie face off with nicholas cage and john travolta <laughs> it probably hurts quite a bit that was so. a pretty good movie back in the day one of nicholas cage's best and you don't say that every day so. <laughs> is that a good note to wind things down that's perfect <laughs> well um if you enjoyed today's show please subscribe in your podcast app there's a button that says subscribe push it and you're gonna get all of the suite of uh, content that's pushed out through the Bitcoin Podcast Network. Um, if you enjoyed the talk on trading, if there was some stuff that you aren't quite keen on and you'd like to know, I, I would behoove you to join uh, the chat room, both the general chat and once you start to get a little advanced and then you get squeezed that first time, you're like, damn, I shouldn't have got squeezed. There's some stuff I don't know. Join the private chat, $99 a month. But I guarantee by following J the JRM trading model, probably won't happen to you. Yeah. Um, we to mitigate those squeezes. Yeah. That's for sure. Mitigate the squeeze. Um, that's JenkinsRM.com. So if you, if, you, if you just want to hear it and not follow the link, it's JenkinsRM.com. And then on the top right is the chat room. Absolutely. Um, what else am I missing, Alan? I think you you nailed it. The nail on the head there. Um, let's do some shout outs. Let's do some shout outs to the people in the chat. Atreyu for being like one of the most active users. Yeah. Just a simple shout out. I don't always, think he sleeps. I think he's yeah. sitting sleeping two or three hours, wakes up, sets the alarm. Yep. <laughs> That's great. And um Sky Touch, I think his name is. Touch guy. Anyways. Yes, I touch you. Shout out to you guys for always being active and always giving people bits of information to digest. And uh, one of the things I like the most about the private channel is like everyone's really friendly in there. And your questions will get answered and your strategies will have feedback. Um, it'll be quick. It'll be concise. 
and um yeah yeah we are we are real lucky with the uh group of guys we have so uh that's it let's uh wrap it up all right guys good stuff until uh so, guys, the easiest way to get involved in our community of traders and what we're doing in markets, um, really on a global macro perspective, is go to JenkinsRM.com. We have on the top right a link, chat room. It's free to join that area. You come in, ask us questions. You see what our community is all about. We've got a couple of paid rooms in there. Our crypto team is in there for 99 bucks a month. It's probably one of the best real-time alert signals across the entire digital asset space and then as far as, as far as just the value that all the the other uh paying subscribers in there brings it's um uh, it more than pays for itself so that's available you can also see again jenkinsrm.com the top right we have some of our educational services um 10 years of my institutional model that i built out on uh trading cash treasuries uh, that whole nine hours video on demand teach you everything. The three pillars of our model covers analysis, risk, execution. We talk risk management, position sizing, trading plan, psychology of trading. Um, that's all there. And then we also have some information on, on some of our group coaching and mentoring we do. We have a live room that we trade together uh, two days a week. Um, nothing like being in the trades together live. Uh, making some money together, but also really learning um, everything, the emotions that are involved with being inside of trades and all the growth that comes from that. So all that's there, JenkinsRM.com. You guys can follow us at my uh, Twitter handle, at the Jason Jenkins. And you can also search Jason Jenkins on YouTube. That'll get us to our Block Edge Capital um, YouTube channel. Hope that helps. Look forward to seeing some of you guys in the room.